inside. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running. Commit liftoff. Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm Brad Sykes filling in for uh, Taylor today and glad to be here. Uh, am I a little loud, Doug? No. no I'm, oh, you, I, my, my volume is up. I just blew my eardrums. That's out. okay. I that's couldn't awesome. hear myself. But uh, <laughs> you guys doing okay out there? Listen, call us today if you want, 844-777-7928. Good to be in Taylor's seat uh, for today. And, uh, you know, when you text me earlier, Doug, if I would – actually, I think you texted me last night. I was like, man, I'd love to be on today. Well, today's a great day. You, you, what's funny is until you mentioned a book, uh, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago, I had not really heard the term deconstruction mm. as it related to Christianity. And we're going to talk about that this week. We're going to talk about uh, false converts. We're going to talk about apostates. Because that's what it's about. But I thought, well, how appropriate, because you had already been reading up on it and was mm. talking to me about it. And uh, so it'll be good to have you on uh, today. Uh, but it is Monday. Isn't it hard to believe it's already September 27th? Hey, you know what? I, I, have the pumpkins started coming out yet? Have you seen them yet? Uh, all I know is they've got Christmas ornaments and stuff out at Lowe's, man. That's, well, they've had it out at Costco for four months. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, it's Brad. It, it, there's a lot going on in our world. Um, we are we are in a place right now where uh, people are pretty brazen about being anti-Christian, um, anti-Christian values. In fact, um, the House just passed the most radical pro-abortion piece of legislation ever considered, not just in the U.S. in the world. Mm. It, it it is so radical, and it barely got through the House. It won't get through the Senate. I mean, um, I say that. I, I mean, there's there's a very 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 good probability that it won't get through the Senate. But what this bill allows is for people to abort their children, um, even if they don't like what sex they're going to be. Uh, it, it can be emotionally traumatizing to have a boy when you want a girl or have a girl when you want a boy. But, but according to this world, if they're born a boy, you can just say you are a girl. Say that they're girls. Well, the same people that believe that pass this bill because it's your body, your choice, unless it relates to vaccines. Uh, so uh, not to get all political in the first segment. Uh, but, you know, it, it is hard because, you know, we deal with this stuff every day and we don't we we don't want to go down uh the political realm in the first segment uh, we we do talk about it because it's the reality of the world we live in we have it to is. deal with these things but i just want people to know you know we need to be praying um for the church to rise up to be voices for truth to be voices of truth for the vulnerable the unborn are vulnerable uh they're they're not uh, simply a piece of matter. They are human beings right. that are being terminated for convenience and being sacrificed on the altar of Molech and Baal and all the other things that we sacrifice to. And I'm, there's lots of arguments to justify it, but the bottom line, 
is there was not one Republican that voted for this bill, not one. And one Democrat crossed over and said, no, I can't in good conscience do that. Hmm. But there were 218 Democratic congressmen who said, we think this is okay. We're going to vote for this. And I I just think, you know, we are living in a time that they're concerned. Why? Because in Texas they voted to uh, restrict these Mm -hmm. kind of things. And uh, this bill would mean no one, no government, no state would have the right to say it's wrong to select for abortion on the basis of genetic diagnosis. That's what they're saying, that you will not be able to regulate that at a state level that um this bill would supersede that um well it's like the reach of the government wanting to control all the uh, elections yeah and uh that is not going to pass but well, you know doug uh, just to back up for a second because you kind of came in uh, not apologetically but certainly <clears throat> um you know what's going on in the world needs to be discussed Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know about you. I, I'm sure many of our listeners, uh, I've shared this multiple times over the last year, that when the election happened in November, in case this is a giveaway as to who I voted for, but <laughs> that that aside, I think I was so disgusted and have been uh, progressively being more disgusted with how uh, the information that we get. And, uh, you know, we we've we, you say it often, I say it often. Listen, you don't have to believe us. Mm-hmm. Go do your homework. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the reality is SWAT radio, correct me if I'm wrong, we kind of started this with the idea that we live in the world. Mm-hmm. And there are things that are going to happen that are going to impact us as followers of Christ. And we need to know how to see those things, how to understand them, how to see them, and then how to respond to them. And it's it's things like this that it, you're we're not we're not telling you how to respond based on our opinion. We're telling you how to respond based on what God's word says. Well, and and let's take it back to Genesis and go back to the creative design. We were created. Why we were created to reproduce faith communities. Mm-hmm. The base unit of the faith community is a family. And uh, one lady wrote an article. I can't remember which paper it was in. Um, uh, New York Times, probably, more than likely. But in the article, she she made the statement, I don't like somebody telling me what I can do with my own body. Okay? Now, when you think about a woman getting pregnant, a woman does not get pregnant by herself. Right. A woman gets pregnant from a man. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a woman. Men cannot get pregnant. That's impossible. It's a medical impossibility for someone born a male to get pregnant. It just can't happen. It won't happen. I mean, they can artificially put in everything, but unless there's some kind of artificial thing that makes it all happen, only a woman, a biological woman can get pregnant. But she can get pregnant, but for that to happen, she can't do it with another woman. Right. It can only happen with a male. That's the way God created in Genesis. It said God created them male and female. He did that. Why? To reproduce 
and to have dominion over the earth. And, you know, when you get away from Genesis, you get away from Genesis 1. Genesis 1, 2, and 3, Brad, pretty much tells the story of God's design, Mm -hmm. and it tells where we went wrong. Mm -hmm. And where we went wrong was we thought we could play God, and that's what's happening now in our culture. For, For a government that's supposed to be an entity for good, the government, according to Romans 13, is supposed to bear the sword of justice and be a force for good. When that government gets in the business of regulating and condoning killing babies, which is what abortion does, mm-hmm. it doesn't kill non-humans. Right. It kills babies, human beings. And and this bill would, would go all the way up. It would allow people to get uh, abortions all the way up. Uh, till you know birth i mean till the uh, nine months and so there's all kinds of problems with this but let's make no mistake uh, satan is revealing himself in very obvious ways and there's a lot of people that don't care i mean when you get 218 people that vote that this is okay and they represent the people where they live the majority of people that's a problem Every one of them should be voted out, you know, and you go, well, you're just making a big issue about abortion. Yes, it is a big issue. It's a huge issue because we've killed over 60 million humans, 60 million people that have the image of God and we've killed them and, and it's wrong. And all of it goes back to Genesis. And, uh, and if we're gonna, if we're gonna look at issues out in our world you have to look at them through a biblical lens, mm-hmm. and and that that doesn't mean that uh, allowing babies to grow, you know, they grow up in a world. We should be good stewards of the world we live in. We should take care of it, but because the world is is broken, doesn't mean you just go, okay, I don't want to bring a child in the world, so I'm going to kill him in the womb, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of people do. You know what? If it wasn't wrong, why did they convict that doctor up in Philadelphia? Exactly. If it wasn't, if it, <clears throat> exactly. if it wasn't wrong. But see, people deep down, it is wrong. You know inherently it's mm-hmm. wrong. People know it's wrong to do that. And um, But they used to know it was wrong to um, have sex outside of marriage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you now, know, I, I don't want to get into the – obviously, we've talked enough about it. But, you know, to me, you want to be pro-choice. Well, you chose to have – unprotected sex mm-hmm. and you're smart enough to know that you know the consequences of that might be a child but we don't want we we don't want to address consequences that's right we we, we basically try to take care of consequences um you know but again i i think even with this bill it, it highlights the problem when you start trying to play god and change things and his design because even in the language of the bill it's messed up because transgenders are going to be upset because it talks about men and women and a woman's rights and all this and well what if i'm i mean you know you are it just gets into this weird vicious downward cycle. Oh, it, it is i mean it's like when we were discussing the hro a couple of years ago you know where does it end i mean wh- r- really where does it end if you don't have truth then it's up to you. That's so, right. Hey, we see that in Scripture, too. Glad you joined us here today at SWAT Radio. If you want to call in, 844-777-7928. 
You can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com. We're going to take a quick break. Hope you'll join us when we return. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. You stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes here filling in for Taylor today. And, uh, Doug, good to be with you. If you want to call in today, you can reach us at 844-777-7928. What a a topic, what a discussion we're going to get into not only today but throughout the week, I'm I'm assuming. Yes, yeah, the uh, whole week we're going to be dealing with this. And it's it's an issue that I think it makes people uncomfortable, Brad, because we deal with the whole issue of false conversion well and i was thinking just as we came out of that uh, first segment i was thinking about ephesians 6 where paul says you know we don't wrestle against flesh and blood uh, but against the rulers against the authorities against the cosmic powers over this present darkness and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places and you don't have to look far to see that and in fact we're seeing it in the church today well, I mean, there, Brad, you know, there was a there was a book that was out um, a while back, uh, I think it's about six, seven years ago, uh, by um, a guy named Vince Williams, Vince and Lori Williams, and it's called Falsified, The Danger of False Conversion. Mm-hmm. And they, 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 they start off by saying, have you ever seen people – who name the name of Christ, but when you speak to him, something just doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. Uh, You notice something different and strange when you go into a modern-day church that doesn't seem like the church of Acts that we're studying right now. Um, You know, you don't talk a lot about false conversions because it makes people uncomfortable. They don't like the idea of self-examination. They get very defensive. Pastors uh, and other people may talk about it in passing, but you don't hear too many sermons preached on it. Um, uh, you know, 
And the truth is, when you that that's probably one of the saddest things in the world for somebody to to be falsely converted or, or converted in their head, but not in their heart. Mm-hmm. And they don't know Jesus, so that in Matthew seven, when they're in front of him, he says, "Depart from me, for I never knew you." And a lot of it stems back to pragmatic methods of church growth, and. <clears throat> uh, you know, the seeker-sensitive church that even Bill Hybels himself repented of. That didn't. Bill Hybels didn't start it, by the way. Um, one of the, the first people in modern history to really adopt that was Robert Schuller <coughs> out in California. Mm-hmm. And, Crystal uh, Cathedral, right? Yes, yeah. And, uh, but basically, in their book, uh, Falsified, The Danger of False Conversion, Vince and Lori Williams talk about their own experience. They share of being false converts mm-hmm. so um it, it's still available out there you can find it's called falsified but you know uh, even so you mentioned this term deconstruction to me uh a few weeks ago and it it, it was ironic that I, I didn't realize how personal that term would become to me to your own uh, life. Yeah, yeah to my own <laughs> life uh but it's something that's really becoming too well known in Christian circles, and especially to people in ministry who are missionaries or pastors or, or full-time ministry people. But even even not just that, people who are just have a love for the Lord, who raised their children in a home to hear the gospel, and now this word deconstruction is um, is is out there in all kinds of places. And it's really just a nice way of saying apostasy, you know. I mean, they they the, the word deconstruction is is when a person who's lived their life as a professing believer and they begin to dis- dissect and question everything they believe to be true, and they tear it apart until they discover that uh, they don't believe what they've proclaimed for years to be true. In essence, they just basically they they recant their faith. They say, "Okay, I'm not. I don't believe that." Mm-hmm. And you were telling me specifically about a book called Another Gospel by Lisa Childers. And I know you read that book. I mean, talk about a little bit for me uh, before we get into this today. What did you think when you read it, first of all? <clears throat> well, I guess what took Cause me— Because you've read a lot. Yeah, I do, I do a lot of reading. Sometimes I have to kind of re- recall or look back over a lot of the notes that i'll take in a book and which i did not bring i'd love to maybe bring those in the next few weeks or whatever when i'm back on i i I do i do recommend a lot of books and again i don't give a book or recommend a book if i haven't read it Alyssa children's book another gospel um you know i didn't really know i mean some of the some of the discipleship that i've done doug over the last couple of years has been um I've, i'm hearing a lot of this hey i'm questioning this it's kind of this i'm going to question what what god what i've always been taught to believe now i just said a minute ago you can hear doug or you can hear me or you can hear a number of people on the radio who are great expositors of the word of god but we've gotten in the habit as the church at least in the west to whatever you say doug that's it and and while I may know that's true because I've been around you a long time, there's a lot of stuff out there that's not true. And, you know, a half true is not full truth. I mean, we can take truth. I mean, that's where you go back to Genesis and you see how Satan took the truth and he twisted it 
Mm-hmm. I'm looking at going through Second Peter right now. I'm looking at uh, the final his final sayings there. How he talks about being twisted, that we take the word or people are taking the word and they're twisting it. Mm-hmm. Well, if you take a text, and we can we could name dozens of texts that we'll hear people quote, people who me have good meaning, but they're taking the the text out of context. Mm-hmm. And when you do that. You're making it say what you want it to say. And we live in a time where we want we want to have our ears tickled, like mm-hmm. Paul told Timothy. There's coming a time when people will not endure sound teaching. Now, they'll endure teaching that sounds good. Oh, that, that fits me. And so what's happening is more and more in how we get our information, how we hear what we hear on the, you know, on the radio, podcast, all this stuff, we got to be careful. Because there's a lot of stuff in there that's causing a lot of Christians or people who are professing to be Christians to question what they've grown up listening to, what they've grown up on. Well, I I want you to imagine for a second, Brad, you go to church and uh, you've been going to this church for 15 years and you hear your pastor that Sunday and he preaches and and you go home and um, you get on social media and the pastor says, hey, I'm divorcing my wife, and I no longer believe <laughs> mm-hmm. what I've been saying I believe. Well, that's what happened with Josh Harris. Sure. Joshua Harris wrote a book called I Kiss Dating Goodbye, among other books. He was very popular with youth groups and, and in the whole purity culture back in the 90s. And then he was a senior pastor for about 15 years. And he was lead pastor of a church called Covenant Life Church. And then in July of 2019, via Instagram, he posted that his marriage was over and he was no longer a Christian. Now, just imagine that mm-hmm. for a second, the impact. Um, and and what he said was in a, a subsequent post was the information that was left out of the announcement is that I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. So I'm at least glad that he put that out Mm -hmm. there. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Many people tell me there's a different way to practice faith. I want to remain open to this, but I'm not there now. That's just sad. That's so sad because here's a guy who for 15 years was the lead teaching pastor of a church. Before that, he was influencing literally hundreds of thousands of youth across the country and maybe the world. And, and now he's just, imagine what went through the minds of all those people. And, and then after that, uh, not long after that, there was a guy named Marty Sampson, who was a Hillsong worship leader who went around the world, helping people uh, worship Jesus, leading them in worship. And he said, I'm genuinely losing my faith. That doesn't bother me. Like what bothers me now is nothing. In other words, I have a kuna matata, no cares in the world. Mm. I'm so happy I'm at peace with the world. It's crazy after he renounced his faith. And Abraham Piper, who was John Piper's son, quote, deconstructed at 19, said he got tired of being a Christian, was disciplined out of his dad's church, uh, then brought back in because he came back in, he repented, and came back in uh, four years later in his early 20s, and 
after that, he said, God made it possible for me to love Jesus again after reading the book of Romans. But he has since walked away again, and now he he's not only walked away and renounced his faith, he's proselytizing people away from the faith. He's got over 900,000 followers on Twitter, and he's putting out videos that say things like people don't believe in literal hell, uh, what to do if you live with evangelical parents, you know, uh, things like that. And so as you look at these guys, and he's uh, he's just one of uh, other, there's like more than that. Another guy, Paul Maxwell, who was um, a teacher up at Moody, said that, uh, you know, I'm tired of being angry. I love you guys and all the friendships and support I've built. He said this on his social media. I think it's important to say I'm just not a Christian anymore, and it feels really good, and I'm happy. Now, I don't know anybody that really is happy. There may be a temporary euphoric Mm -hmm. feeling of Mm -hmm. feeling like, okay, I'm out of bondage, but they only come to realize they are in bondage. Sure, yeah. We are always in bondage. We're in bondage to something always. Always. And you can choose to be bound, like Paul said, chained to Christ, or you can choose to be chained to sin. Sin will always leaving. I I remember a pastor saying this. It will always take you further than you want to go and cost you more than you want to pay. And it will, no matter how attractive it looks initially. And so I I just, these are sad things to me to read these, Brad. And, um, you know, I I just, I know you read that book. No, and I've I've had a couple of people text me just since we've been on, just said, so it's it's another gospel by Alyssa Childers. Interesting, uh, Alyssa Childers, for those who are uh, of our, maybe a little younger than you and I, they'll remember Zoe Girls. She yeah. was the lead singer of Zoe Girls. But we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break. If you want to call us, 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. You can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. We'll be right back. Monday afternoon, and good to be with you guys. Uh, so again, we were just talking about uh, another gospel by Alyssa Childers. Again, we're not. Uh, I don't. Well, I guess we do promote books, and I would certainly well, we recommend. Certainly share resources. I would certainly recommend the book. I uh, want to just read quickly. Uh, this is by Randy Alcorn. Uh, uh, wrote about the book. Deconstructed faith stories are the new normal. 
We all know people who once seemed to be solid Christians but have walked away. Alyssa's story of her own reconstructed faith is a breath of fresh air. She shares her doubts and struggles and the journey God led her on to rediscover the solid rock on which she stands. This excellent book is a is full of hope and sound reason reasons for faith in Jesus and God's word. Like Doug, one of our guests here a long time ago, Sean McDowell, said another gospel is a timely must-read book. Mm. Through the lens of her personal journey, Alyssa Childers compares and contrasts the historic Christian gospel with the progressive gospel. Nothing is more important than accurately grasping the good news of Christ and responding to the challenges against it, which is why I am grateful for her courage and clarity. And can I just say, Doug, you know, was it Paul that said, don't be surprised? Mm-hmm. You know, listen, this is what we see. In a, in a time where we, we, you know, for many people, I think there's such a contrast of what we're seeing in the world. And uh, just, you know, what uh, Isaiah 5, woe to those who call evil good mm-hmm. and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I mean, we're seeing this right in front of us. And, yeah. Uh, well, um, I think that, um, you know, when you think about, um, yeah, Paul talking about don't be surprised that Satan will appear in an angel of light. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so it, we're not just talking about false teachers here. We're talking right. about false converts. Right. And and I wanna I wanna quote a guy um, named R. Scott Clark. R. Scott Clark is a he teaches at Westminster Seminary in California. And um, just to be candid with you, there's a, I have some points of contention with him on some theology, but I believe he loves the Lord. I believe mm-hmm. he loves Jesus and the cross, and he is a, he, for the most part, you know, these things are or non-essential things. You know, there's there's the essentials, which is the gospel of Jesus dying on the cross and only believing in him, is, and, and that's essential. But there's other issues that are secondary issues, church, uh, you know, the way church governance happens and those kind of things. But nevertheless, he spoke about deconstruction, and I loved what he said about that particular issue as he was dealing with it. Uh He said that for something to be deconstructed, it first has to be constructed. Mm -hmm. In other words, it it has to be a mere human convention. And it it has to be something that could be other than it is, something that might not be without deconstruction. In other words, when people deconstruct, they don't change God. They don't change his word. They don't change his story. They may deconstruct personally in their own life uh, from from what they believe, but it doesn't change truth. You cannot deconstruct something that's divine. Mm-hmm. Only God could do that. Christianity is nothing that you can do. I mean, he says there are things like stop signs, buildings. Those things can be deconstruction. Why? They're human inventions, human buildings. But he says the incarnation, obedience, death, and resurrection of Jesus is not a construct. It's not the product no. of subjective religious experience it's not a mere social invention uh they are facts the gospels aren't constructs the writings of the apostles all these are divine revelation 
and therefore they they are divine. You can't deconstruct them because they're not human. And he says, I understand that life in the visible church is hard, sometimes miserable, but let's be clear about what's at stake when people speak about deconstructing their faith. If they are referring to apostasy, they are playing with fire and not the temporary kind. He said, apostasy is no game. Jesus is no chat room moderator. He's the great high priest, the chief shepherd, and the lion of the tribe of Judah. Apostasy from the Christian faith should not be regarded as a fad, something with which young people experiment. (laughs) I mean, and that's what I think is happening, Doug. Yeah. It, it's like this experimental. Hey, it's it's like New Age. Remember when New? I mean, New Age had been around for a long time, but you remember in the '90s when New Age was kind of this new, new idea. I mean, even even in the last few years, we've had books like The Shack. Yeah, you know, which introduce a whole new concept of who God is, hmm. and it's you know, I I like what he said there. However, I think a lot of people view this as a deconstruction from the perspective of what are you building your house on? Mm-hmm. You know, we know. But again, back to your point and his point is that we build our house on the rock, mm-hmm. the Jesus, Jesus, who is the word, the word that became flesh. That's what we're building our life on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can listen to Oprah all you want. You can listen to a lot of people who are going to teach a false assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we know the Scripture speaks of that. Well, they also speak of deconversion. Deconversion, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So here's what's interesting about that, all right? Um, the, the term deconversion came about in the 1980s. So it's a relatively recent phenomenon um, and uh, in the – Sociology of Religion and Carson Daly, I think, wrote a, um, a paper or something called Conversion and Deconversion, a Spiritual Palimpsest. I can't even pronounce that. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, it, but it became more prominent a decade later, so in the 90s, in uh, John Barber's version of Deconversion, Autobiogra- Autobiography and the Loss of Faith. Um, and um, But... You know, those words are gaining traction. A a very popular lady among people is a lady named Jen Hapmaker. And uh, the power of deconstruction or the power of deconversion stories, Michael Kruger wrote that apparently. And so this term has come about and people are using ways to talk about themselves. They just try to dress up the truth. And the truth is they're apostates. If you if you leave Jesus, and and Jesus is not uh, a Jesus apart from the Bible, you can't. I mean, the Bible is God's revelation to us of His Son. It's God's revelation of His plan. It's God's revelation to us of how we interact with Him and how we are redeemed. The Bible says, "Without uh, you know, um, without the Word, you can't have faith." Mm-hmm. It is the preaching of the word. Faith comes that, by hearing. Yeah, that comes to people, the spirit, through the power of the word. That's the way God is ordained to do it. And I just want to remind our listeners that in Hebrews 6, it says, it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and is shared in the Holy Spirit, 
have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God. This this passage is problematic for a lot of people. Um, you, you don't lose your salvation there. You right. never had it. Right, exactly. The point he's saying they, that, there. That goes back to the, they went out from us because they were never of us. They weren't. The, the, the Holy it, Spirit illuminated the truth to be uh, captivated in the mind, but it never made the 18-inch transfer mm-hmm, to the heart. Mm-hmm. There was never a changed heart. And that's why the passage we're looking at this week, uh, Acts chapter 9, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 25, is such a good passage because in this text we see Simon the Magician. And Simon the Magician in Acts chapter 8 has a false conversion experience. And if you remember what's going on, Acts chapter 1, the church is being persecuted. We ended up Acts chapter 7 with Stephen, the first martyr, and, and Saul was there. Saul ends up persecuting, going house to house, dragging away men and women. And we saw uh, last week that you're going to be persecuted if you follow Jesus and part of his family, but you will proclaim him and his word. And so what happens is the persecution happened, and Luke tells a story of Philip as he goes to Samaria. He goes down there. People are trusting Christ. They are coming to follow Christ. They're uh, confessing Christ. They're being baptized. Mm-hmm. And and Philip is just one story of the 8,000 people that were scattered. But it's an important story, and Luke focuses in on that. And he contrasts in 9 through 25, Simon the Magician, verses 26 through the end of the chapter, the Ethiopian eunuch. And I think as we look at this, what we're going to see is this week, the barriers to true conversion. We're going to see what what really are the marks of a false conversion, and we see those in the life of Simon. And so um, I don't know how much time. I think we got time for you to yeah, read it. Let me read uh, this. Read 9 through 25, <clears throat> and then we're going to come back and look at these barriers to true conversion. Yeah, and, and by the way, I, I had the opportunity after being at SWAT last week, go, go home and actually share this message, uh, one that I'm very familiar with. But I thought – these four barriers that you are going to kind of unpack. Wow. I mean, what a challenge, even for those of us who know Christ and are walking with Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I look at this story of Simon and this could be, this could be in our churches. So here it is. Yeah, well, well, we got one minute, so we're going to have to wait. We'll pick it up when we come I'm a back. speed reader. Oh, uh, you can't read. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's a lot of passages in, in a minute, but you know, but no, let's go back. Let's just tell them what they are real quick. Yeah. Okay. False converts care more about pursuing personal glory and ambition rather than God's glory. That's the first first thing. Second, they they care more about following the ways of the world rather than the ways of God. In other words, they want to be independent of God's leadership and provision. Third, they care more about seeking fame and influence rather than a renewed heart. And fourth, they care more about avoiding painful consequences than following Jesus and knowing God. In other words, they seek God's blessing, not God. Yeah, not his face, as you said. Yeah. Well, glad you joined us today. If you want to call 844-777-7928. We had a lot of guys at SWAT last week. I'm sure you're listening in. We'd love to hear from you. You can also email us at ask at SWATradio.com. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. 
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel low. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes filling in for Taylor today. Almost started singing there, Doug. <laughs> I did. Missed those songs. <laughs> and I, then I realized we were about to go on air, and I stopped real quick. Okay, so we're going to – we are in Acts chapter 8. We are looking – we're going to – Doug's going to unpack these four barriers to an authentic conversion. And, Doug, I was at church yesterday. Pastor said his his greatest his greatest concern – is that, and you go to a large church too. I mean, you know, what is a large church today? If you got more than 30, 40 people, it's probably considered a large church. I think of churches that you and I preached at in India, you know, where there may have been 20 people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but listen, if you got more than about 100 people, that's not a, that's a pretty good sized church. But his biggest concern is that people have a false conversion, Mm -hmm. that their conversion hasn't led to repentance. Which, by the way, repentance is turning from sin. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things you see in this movement that we were just talking about—the deconstruction. You know, it's they just don't want to. They don't want to turn toward God. No. They want to keep doing. Uh, I make fun of this statement, but the "just do you" generation. Well, well just yeah. be you. Just well, do you. Well, they what they want is they want you to accept them for who they are the way they are Mm -hmm. without god changing who they are and you here here's the thing you can come to jesus the way you are absolutely no question but he will not leave you the way you are that's right if you are unchanged you are unsaved that's right that's the job of the holy spirit i heard stephen lawson teach on that yeah the the job of the holy spirit is to bring about a sanctified life Mm -hmm. but some people will sit back and say well that's legalistic well, the reality, yeah, God, God, God will meet you right where you are, but He won't leave you where you well, are. Well, no, and even the thief on the cross experienced a transformation, mm-hmm. and he rebuked. He had fruit mm-hmm. on the cross as he's dying. He's rebuking the other thief. Why? For not recognizing who Jesus is. Right. right uh, so, right. so it's not a matter of time. 
you know, it's it, it is a matter of fruit, and we're going to look at that. And you know, um, Brad, this I, I do want you to read the text today, and because I think it's important for people to hear God's word, as 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 Luke tells about um, Simon here. Yeah. All right, here it is, uh, Acts chapter eight, beginning in verse nine. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip. And seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you for i see that in you I, for i see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity and simon answered pray for me to the lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me now when they had testified and spoken the word of the lord they returned to jerusalem preaching the gospel to many villages of the samaritans May God bless the reading of his word. You know, Brad, in the first verse you read, it should be a clue exactly. when he says, um, I am somebody great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, most of us are pretty adept at recognizing pride when we see it in other <laughs> people, not ourselves necessarily, but we can see it in other people pretty quickly. And here's Simon. But. Uh, to Simon's defense, he has a defense, he was doing supernatural acts in mm -hmm. front of them. Mm -hmm. This was not David Copperfield magic. This was supernatural demonic magic. And, um, you know, when you, when you look at um, a, a guy who says, hey, look at me, I'm somebody great. Um, and then they said, you know, you, you went on to read, they paid attention to him mm -hmm. from the least to the greatest. They didn't just write him off because he had been amazing them for some time. You know, um, he was doing magic and, 
You know, the word magic is the word, it really means sorcerer. It's magos. Uh, it, it means, um, it, it's not, it's a supernatural power that comes from like witchcraft or demonic power. And, you know, we live in an age today where people are very open about seeking help through palm readers, tarot cards, um, uh, demonic influences to find out the future. People dismiss that stuff as being a threat Mm -hmm. to them. And God has always taken a dim view of that. I mean, like when people delve into that realm, uh, Ouija boards, all kinds of things like that, satanic. Folks, it's real. Yeah, it, it's, This yeah. is not like pretend. There, there are demonically possessed people, and Satan can counterfeit things. Uh, he can make himself appear as an angel of light. His minions can go out. And they can do things that make you think, wow, this is pretty cool. What they won't do is is lift up the name of Jesus, and they won't lift up your dependence on God. They will make you want to be self-serving, self-independent, uh, and want nothing to do with God because he He is a drag on your life. Yep. He, yep. Is, he is going to keep <clears throat> you from doing what you want to do almost in the same way that he appealed to Eve in the garden to say, hey, you know what? He really, uh, he just didn't want you to know what he right. knows. That's right. That's right. And that's, you know, I'm working through Second Peter right now, this whole false teaching, and that we're not to be surprised by it. Yeah. But if you're listening today, are you prepared to give to give a defense? I mean, not just for the hope that's in you, but for the for, for the scriptures. I mean, we're we we've talked about it that you know we it's a biblically illiterate group of people out there, mm-hmm. and we we don't do a lot of studying ourselves. It's much easier to turn on you know a podcast, which we're grateful for those who tune in. Mm-hmm. But this should not be your main source of spiritual nutrition. No. No, it, it, you you have to be there on your own. But but one of the things I want to point out, Brad, and I don't even know if I did this last week in SWAT, but it's pretty common that when you see God doing a move in Scripture, when you see God unfolding his plan and drawing people to himself, that Satan is always there to sow some kind of counterfeit. Mm-hmm. He's limited, but God lets him do it somewhat. I remember the parable of the weeds over in Matthew chapter 13. Um, You know, it says that um, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a man who sowed good seed, but while he was sleeping, his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared, and the servants of the master of the house came and said, Hey, did you not sow good seed? How then does it have weeds? He said, an enemy has done this. So the servants, what do you want us to go and gather them now? But he said, no. Otherwise, when you gather the weeds, you're going to also pull up the wheat. Let them both grow together until the harvest, and a harvest time will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and then bind them to be burned. Burning is always a symbol of of judgment. Mm-hmm. But you know, Brad, when you think about that, and you remember the question I asked that um, 
Vince and his wife ask in their book, they 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 ask the question, um, have you ever had an experience where something didn't seem right? As as weeds grow, and this is where the apostasy comes, and, and they were never really there. They were a weed that was planted with good seed. But what happens is it never root. It took root. It was like the rocky soil, and we'll get into that later this mm-hmm. week, or the thorny soil. But it was not good soil. Therefore, the seed did not get good roots and nourishment. Therefore, when tribulation, temptation, and persecution comes, it departs. Or where the cares and the worries of the world comes, it, it, it evaporates. It's it's a temporary thing. And God's kids are not temporary. The, the perseverance of the saints is a key part of biblical truth. That God, once you are born as his child, you nothing, Jesus says, can snatch you from his hand. Nothing. The issue is whether you're really born or not. Right. <clears throat> well, and I think you, you deal with this right in this very first part of it, verses 9 through 11, this idea of humility versus pride. Yep. I mean, it's, this is the part where I think Paul talks about examining yourself. As you examine yourself, what's there? Is there genuine humility or is there pride? Like Simon, who still wanted glory even after, quote, his conversion. Yeah, he says, seek, you know, see if you pass the test is what Paul says when exactly. he says that. Exactly. Well, Doug, good to be with you. Hey, let me know if you need me again this week. So, All right. Uh, I will. <laughs> good to be with you guys. Uh, go to SWATradio.com. You can download this uh, this broadcast later today. And uh I will uh, be praying for you guys, and I'll see you on Wednesday at yeah, SWAT. See you on Wednesday, SWAT. And we got SWAT women on Wednesday, too. That's right. 10 a.m. If you're listening, you're a woman in Jacksonville, show up at the Salem Center, 7235 Bentley Road on Wednesdays for a women's SWAT. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual